I don't know anybody here. Like, fuck it. Like, I'm just gonna do what I want. I'm gonna wear what I want. I'm gonna talk the way I want. I'm gonna dress how I want. And I'm gonna wear whatever makeup I want. Amira, I'm so happy you're here on POVs today. Thank you for taking the time and thanks for being here on the couch. Yes, thank you for having me. How do you feel? I feel good. Today's been a busy day, but I feel good. Good. Well, I'm so excited to dive in. Yes. You are a trailblazer. Thank You've you. done so many incredible things in your career so far. And the goal of today is really to help our community, our Gen Zers out there, understand what got you to where you are and how you formed your unique POV on life and on the world. Amazing. So every conversation we start out with somewhat of a controversial question. Okay. You ready? Let's go for it. Okay, Amira, is inclusion performative? Ooh, that is a spicy question. I think it can be. I don't think it always is. I think if you're including people for the sole sake of like monetary or clout gain, um, then yes. But if you're including people as a brand or as like, you know, a fellow creator or whatever, um, I think it can be really beneficial and I think it sets the, you know, the groundwork for the future. So for sure. It's, it's awesome. not just yes or no. It right. can be good, it exactly. can be bad. Exactly. So where does your POV come from on that question? Have you been exploring this aspect of inclusion for most of your life? Yes, absolutely. You know, I have only been online and trans for a year and a half now, publicly. So I've kind of seen it from behind the scenes before where it wasn't really affecting me. Um, but I was seeing, you know, like whenever I would see a brand include someone in something, I'd be like, really, are they just doing that because they want the money or are they, you know, like genuinely working with that person? Right. And then now being in the space that I am where I do get to work with brands and stuff, I can see the difference and I see how amazing some brands are and I see how um, sometimes they're, it's not so great, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. And as uh, someone who's working with Victoria's Secret yes. and being the first trans person of color to really work with Victoria's Secret. How have you felt inclusion come into play with that brand? They are, the team at Victoria's Secret is so incredible. And I think that's one of the reasons why I wanted to work with them is like, I'd only ever had those preconceived notions, right? But going into their offices and meeting with their team and knowing people who have worked there, I think it changed my perception of the brand and made me so excited to want to work with them and such, so. It's been really cool. It's been a really awesome experience with them. That's awesome. Yeah. But as I'm sure, as everyone else has seen, they have been getting a lot of flack in the right. media for a brand that, of course, I'm sure is striving with good intentions for inclusion, but it seems like it's taken so long for them to get here right. that it can be mistaken as a performative move. Of How have you kind of processed that? You know, I think when you think about heritage brands like Victoria's Secret that have been around for so long. You have to think about the people who have built those structures in place. It's like, it's like kind of like a, like a pyramid. It's not gonna be overnight that you can like wipe that past. It's one brick at a time. You're slowly, slowly, slowly kind of, um, you know, erasing that past and not really erasing it, but I guess making way for something new. Mm, totally hear that. So it's like you're taking the bricks out of the pyramid and building a road with For it. sure. That's a terrible I, analogy. No, that's a great analogy. I love it. I, I like to think that if it took so long right. for inclusion to happen, it will probably take just as long, if not more, for that to feel of course. fully integrated of course. into their brand. Exactly. You know, we compare brands like all these heritage brands who are getting, you know, backlash for um, things they've done in the past, but we're comparing them to brands that are new that don't have that past. And that's kind of not fair because it's like, it's like they have to go forward at some point right. and no matter how long it takes them to get there, they're still going there because there are still brands that are not going there. 
I hear you. Not to say that we should applaud any of them, but you know, I think it's I think it's a respectable. Totally. And how did it feel when you found out that you were going to work with Victoria's Secret? Um, it was pretty exciting. I didn't know how long it had been in the works for. Is it something that was always on your bucket list? Like, is this something you've yeah, been Yeah, it's kind of for? always been in the back of my mind a little bit. Yeah. Wow. Well, yeah. congratulations. Thank you. You really are making a path for people who look like you and are like you to follow. It's incredible. Thank you. That's why I do what I do. Oh my gosh. Well, <laughs> as we're on this topic of inclusion, have you ever felt tokenized in any of the modeling or creator roles you've been in? I don't think so. I don't think I've ever felt tokenized. Mm -hmm. um, I, I don't want to say yet, but I feel like at some point I'm sure that that would happen. Um, but it hasn't happened for me yet. And maybe that's because I'm so selective of who I work with. Totally. Which I'm, like, knock on wood. Yeah, knock on wood. That's actually a really great thing. Yeah. And before you got to where you are now, let's go all the way back. Let's go back. I know you were just <laughs> telling me you were born in Dubai, yes. moved to Dallas. You're also a fellow Kansan. Fellow Kansan girly. Yep. I was born in Dubai. Um, my parents both met there. They were both working there. And then we moved to Kansas City, which is in Missouri, I guess. Oh, or no, we were, were living in Overland on? Park. Overland okay, Park, so you were on the Kansas side. Yeah, I was on the Kansas side. Nice. Overland Park. And we lived there for six months. My little brothers were born there. And then we moved to Tampa. Where we lived in Tampa for four years, and then we moved to Dallas, and nice. then we were back and forth from Dallas. And okay, wow. So yeah. you lived all over the place. <laughs> all over, and then I lived in Paris for a while too, which oh was cool. Oh my gosh. <laughs> well, going back to some of your earliest moments, yeah. when do you think you really understood who you truly were? I feel like by the time I was 10, um, I feel like I had this kind of like understanding of what it was, but I think dating back before that, I feel like I've always known that I've been, you know, trans, which is cool. Um, but it's always been kind of this like cloud that's lingering over me mm -hmm. that was like, you know, like, come on, like you need to do something about this. And then when I went to college is when I really started to, you know, explore myself. And that's when I officially began my transition. That's awesome. <laughs> And I relate to that in a lot of ways. I think I found who I was once I left the Midwest. Exactly, exactly. And I'm sure growing up in places like Dallas, like Kansas, they probably weren't always accepting, right? Which is, okay, this is so crazy. And I'm not on the Dallas PR team, but Say it. I grew up surrounded by so much love. And I think the reason that I'm so confident today and like what I do and like who I am is because of that. Like I never once had like, I was never bullied in school. I never had like a hard moment with, you know, being at the time gay and brown. Like it was fine. Like I went to a fine arts school. I was like top of my class. I used to dance competitively. I was a star of this fucking show. It's amazing. I don't know, can I cuss? You can say whatever okay, you okay. want. Sorry, I have a bad mouth. <laughs> no, but um, yeah, no, I've always been like, in Dallas, they were so accepting. Like I lived in a really, you know, a bubble. I did live in a bubble. And when I left and I went to Paris, I feel like was when I first experienced kind of like the real world. Mm. And I was like, okay, it's not rose colored glasses, if that's the saying. Yeah, for sure. That's so lucky. Yeah, it was very lucky. I don't lucky. think I've it ever is... met someone who yeah. said they've never struggled with bullying. Never. Wow. I guess I had struggled with it in a different way because this is something I've never talked about before. I was, I was really horrible. I was like a terrible person back then. I was, I was a bully. Mm. I was very mean. Um, I would judge people really hard. And I think it took me growing up and maturing and realizing why I was acting that way and why I was treating people that way. And it was like a clearly an internal thing that I needed to figure out for myself. And 
once I did, then I was like, oh, apology tour, let's go. We need to go say, you know, I always had like a really hard outer shell. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. I, I think a lot of us, I mean, I can definitely relate to that. I think when we feel like we don't fully know ourselves or right. we don't belong, we want to you know, carry that to other people when we're reconciling with something within. Mm -hmm. What do you think it took to realize a lot of these things about yourself? How did you recognize that either you were being the bully or coming to terms with your own gender identity? I think both were with my parents. I love my parents so much and we have such a great relationship and talking to them about this stuff for so long, I feel like made me, especially with the bullying thing, like it made me understand what I was doing and why I was acting that way. And then I started thinking about it and processing it more and reading about it. And I had never in a million years would have dreamed that I could be like living in New York, fully transitioned, like sitting here talking to you. It's like, I, that thought hadn't crossed my mind until I started like reading and figuring things out. So wow. that's cool. Well, it's fun for me to get to see where you are now. Yeah. I mean, you're truly living, I'm sure, what your childhood self wished yes. that you could have achieved. Absolutely. And when you were in college and you started discovering who you truly were, mm -hmm. what did that look like? Was it conversations with yourself? How did you know that there was this other element of your identity that needed to be explored? It started with beauty, actually. And mm -hmm. that's why I think I have such a strong relationship with beauty. So when I went to Paris, I lived in Paris my freshman year of college. And I was, I was there for the full year and I was like, okay, I don't know anybody here, like, fuck it. Like, I'm just gonna do what I want. I'm gonna wear what I want. I'm gonna talk the way I want. I'm gonna dress how I want. And I'm gonna wear whatever makeup I want. So it started out with a really crappy um, BB cream and a mascara. Um, I don't remember the brand. It was like, it was bad though. Um, and I did not know my shades or anything. And I, but I felt so confident in it. And I feel like I've always felt really confident my whole life. I've always felt like the baddest bitch in the room. But when I went to Paris, I lost that feeling, I think, because I was so protected in that bubble in Texas. So then I was like, okay, then let me like get, let me like start to use beauty as my like armor. And I was like, what am I hiding? Mm. And that's when I realized, okay, I'm covering things up with beauty in a way that is there's something to be uncovered here. And I started exploring it and sat down with myself and started thinking about it. And do you ever feel to this day that you are still masking a side of yourself through beauty? I don't think so because I have my audience now and I feel like they know every single detail about me. They've seen me in like my absolute worst. I've shown them my liposuction journey. I've shown them me with no makeup. I've shown them me at like crying and like about relationships and stuff. And like they have, like my audience has unmasked me or helped me unmask myself. Wow. Well, I yeah. think Gen Z really needs a role model like you, someone who Thank isn't you. afraid to open up about these issues, but yeah. also someone who creates content so authentically, right? It feels like every time you talk to your audience, you're just on FaceTime with them. Yes. Which I think is amazing. We were talking about that this morning and we were like, um, that's that's the goal. I feel like that's the reason I create content is because I want to make people feel beautiful. And like, yes, it's about makeup. Yes, it's about hair and nails and whatever, but also it's like, all about confidence. Like every single one of my videos, the clear message is like all about like, you don't need any of this shit. Like you could be a cunty Barbie without any of it. Well, what's your secret? I know you said you were surrounded by love growing up, but I for one and so many people out there struggle with that yeah. every day, putting our authentic selves out on social yep. media, being confident in who we are. How did you get from point A to point B? I truly think it's because at such a young age, I was surrounded by that. And it kind of got a little inflated at one point where my ego was so bad that when I was five going to kindergarten, I ripped a girl off the school bus. And I was like, my mom said that I'm supposed to go first. And I like pulled her by her backpack and threw her on the floor. Oh my and my mom was like, wait, did not mean it that way. I meant like, not that. <laughs> um, but 
I think the confidence has always been in me. And so I don't know how to like replicate it for other people, but that's why I try to do it with beauty. Cause I feel like it's really easy for someone to say, oh yeah, I put mascara on, now I feel confident. And right. I'm like, it's not that. It's like the process of like you doing your makeup and knowing your face and seeing your imperfections and maybe covering them up, maybe not covering them up. Mm. And I feel like that's what makes people confident. Yeah, yeah. the process. The process. Loving that. yourself, talking to yourself in the mirror every single morning, saying I am the baddest bitch in any room I walk into. We love a mantra. We love a mantra. Oh, it's amazing. Yes. And so many of the topics you cover on your platform are in a lot of ways stigmatized. And mm -hmm. I think it's amazing how you're willing yep. to peel the bandaid off and just talk about what matters. How did you get confident enough to also use your voice to speak up about these issues? You know, I feel like it's kind of a duty. I feel like it's an expectation. As a black trans person, um, there is kind of an expectation that you give back to your community when you mm -hmm. reach a level that I have. And I, I'm so excited to be, you know, in the place that I can do that because it's something that I've always wanted to do. I get hundreds of DMs every single day from LGBTQ kids in like Montana, Idaho, some overseas, some in like, you know, random places I've never heard of. And I think it's really awesome that that's what my career has come to. And I always say to myself, the true definition of success is knowing you could die today and you'd be satisfied with your life. And I could wow. truly die today and I'd be satisfied with my life. Oh my gosh. That's such an amazing way to live life. I wish I had that. Like I, I think all of us need to channel that a bit more. But at the same time, as you're embracing being this trailblazer, this leader, someone who's using her voice for good, does that ever feel like there's a lot of pressure on your shoulders? Of course. It feels there's a lot of, yeah, of course. There's a lot of pressure on me and I know it. I try to not think about the pressure and I try to think about the people that I'm doing it for. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, if I'm feeling this way in my life, imagine how these people are feeling. Like it's not comparable Wow. Um, to be like a kid in Idaho getting bullied at school because you want to wear a dress to school because nobody knows you're trans yet. So in a way it's being selfless. Yes. Using your platform to make sure that no other young person has to feel ashamed of who they are. Right. I think that's incredible. And if you could speak to younger Amira, maybe in some of those moments growing up in Dallas, what would you want her to know that you know now? I would want her to know that you don't have to be mean in order to get what you want. Mm. Catch more flies with honey than vinegar. I would also tell her to embrace all of the hardships and positives and soak them in before moving to the next thing. There's a quote, by Beyonce, I don't know the exact words she says, but when you're sad about something, you have 24 hours to be sad about it. And I've always tried to say that to myself now, and I wish I could tell my younger self that. But yeah, it's amazing. And I love Beyonce. <laughs> Me too. And last message, if you could speak to some of the people that maybe did receive some of, right. you know, the bully within yeah. you growing up, what would you want them to know now? I would want them to know why, and I would want them to know, of course, I've told a lot of them that I'm sorry. And the time, the struggles that I was going through internally was what made me that way. Well, thank you so much for sharing. Yeah. Amira, I'm so excited to now bring in some other perspectives yes. into our conversation. Okay. Something we do on POVs is we ask the larger Gen Z community to submit their POVs on a bunch of different issues that Amazing. maybe we've talked about today. So keep an eye on your phone. We're gonna send you some texts. Why do we celebrate Victoria's Secret models and strive to become them? This unrealistic beauty standard is only doing more harm than good and is the reason why so many people struggle even more with their body image. Mm. Good question. What do you think? We should never strive to become anybody else, period. Um, I think you can take inspiration from people, but you should never strive to be anybody that you're not. 
Because if you look deep down within yourself, you'll know who you are. In terms of unrealistic beauty standards and doing more harm than good, I think it's about representation. It's not about doing harm or good. It's like, if you represent every single body type, every single skin type, every single race, which I do think every brand is working towards, I genuinely think by like 2100, that's gonna be the MO. Like there will mm. not be a brand that can sell anything without that. I think by working towards that, it's not about unrealistic standards. It's about showing a complete diversity of everybody. It just so happens that they started with that far end of the spectrum and we haven't gotten to everybody else yet, but mm. I feel like it's getting there. I hear you. It's just taking time. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Do you think we should encourage young people to strive to be Victoria's Secret models? I don't think we should encourage young people to strive to be anyone, mm. athletes, musicians, anybody. They shouldn't strive to be anybody else but themselves. Yeah. I love that yeah. answer. It's amazing. <laughs> people who have sugar daddies are immoral. It's like taking advantage of people just because they're rich. <laughs> what do you think? I can't. Um, first of all, steal from the rich and give to the poor. I'm kidding. No, um, I don't think it's immoral to have a sugar daddy. I don't have a sugar daddy. A lot of that is like jokes, content. It's con Do you make content about yeah. sugar daddies? Yeah, like all of my get ready with me's, it's like, let's get ready to meet a sugar daddy or, you know, I'm going on a date with my sugar daddy. It's salacious, funny content. M maybe I am going on a date. It just so happens that I don't need a man to pay for anything, but it's not immoral. If people are, I have friends who actually do that and there's nothing wrong with it. But being totally honest, it feels safer to not be myself than to come out as trans, especially as a person of color. Hmm. hmm. That's hard. That's tough. That kind of breaks my heart a little bit to hear. You're right. Like this person's right. You are right. It is safer to be your, to, to, to not be yourself. It's safer mm -hmm. to stay in a body that's not yours and to not do what you want in life, but what kind of way to live is that? If you got hit by a bus tomorrow morning, would you say, oh yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm good, I'm done, that's it, satisfied? Mm. No, you, I want to end my life at, you know, like when I'm like 99 or whatever, and say like, I accomplished every single thing that I wanted to. And of course, a transition being one of them. So I feel like this person, like, that makes me so sad because you're right, it is safer to, to not be yourself, but you should come out as trans because your life, I promise you, your life will be significantly better. Do you think we'll see a future where people- I do. Won't feel afraid to be themselves? I do, I really do. What I do you think do. it's gonna take? I think it's gonna take time. I think it takes a lot of time. I mean, we only have just now starting to, are starting to see, I think the tip of like where it can go. Um, I don't think you and I are gonna be alive for it, which is kind of unfortunate, but it makes me really exciting because I are excited because I feel like we're paving the way. They'll look back on the, these type of moments and be like, these are our ancestors that were like paving the way. I literally just got chills saying that. Like, that's so cute. Yeah, totally. But it, it, it is gonna take time. It's gonna take time. And I think we have to be okay with that. Like we have to be comfortable with that. But by this person saying they don't feel safe, I'm, I'm telling you, please do, be, please come out as trans because when you do, people in the future will be able to as well. Mm. And I know you said you're always the baddest bitch in the room, Yes. but have you also ever felt unsafe being who you are? Yes, I have had moments where I have felt unsafe. Um, five years ago, I was sexually assaulted and it's something that I don't talk about a lot because I tried to bury it. Um, and that's just like who I am as a person, it's like, Trauma, bury, sweep it under the rug, it's gone, I'm a professional rug sweeper here. By doing that, yes, I healed and I moved on and it took time and I went to therapy and um, I recently actually, it was in Paris and I went back to Paris uh, for the five year anniversary of it because it was the first time I had ever been back to Paris. 
And I said to myself, I'll give it five years, then I'll go back. Went back, it was totally fine. Um, but yes, I have had moments where I felt definitely unsafe. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. That is not easy to talk about. No. And how powerful that you have been able to have those conversations, go to therapy. Yeah. That does not happen overnight. No. Oh my gosh, thank you for sharing yeah. that. For, for people out there that want to do their part to make people feel safe of all backgrounds, what would you tell them to do? What's like a practical thing someone can do to make someone else feel safe in who they are? Be a kind person. Mm because you never know who needs it the most. You could walk into a room and you never know who in that room needs a smile that day. Yeah, everyone's going through something. Everyone is going through something. So why don't we all just be kind to one another and go through it together? It also just takes so much more energy out of you to be mean. It actually, you use more muscles to frown than to smile. Right. It's like, who wants the frown lines? You want smile lines. Absolutely. <laughs> now that's such good advice. And yeah. thank you for thank you for sharing that. Okay, this one is from... Anastasia. Amira, what advice can you give to me and others about confidence? Okay. I think you should look yourself in the mirror every single morning and ask yourself, why am I not confident? What about me is not making me confident? Mm. Is it something physical? Is it something emotional? Is it something I don't have, something I do have? And then I want you to take that and I want you to throw it out the window. Throw it out of your mind and say to yourself, why is that item or that thing or that piece of myself or whatever it is making me feel that way. Mm. Emotions last for 15 minutes. That's like a tr that's like a scientific fact. Your emotions only last for 15 minutes. I think you need to look yourself in the mirror every single morning and you need to say to yourself, I'm a fucking bad bitch and believe it. The more you tell yourself, I love you, the more you look in the mirror to yourself and you treat yourself as if you were a stranger. That's how you develop confidence. Do you think that's faking it till you make it? Yes, or is that okay? absolutely. It is, it hundred percent is. Smile. When I'm sad, I smile. I'm not, I'm not kidding, it really works. If you sit in your room and you're smiling and you're kind, it, you stop crying. But do you feel like you're not letting yourself feel what you No, you feel, feel the emotions. You get sad for a minute, but then you're like, okay, come on, I gotta like get it together. Mm. You smile and you're like, okay, wait, I don't feel as terrible anymore. And you start to realize like, why was I really that sad about that thing? Yeah, well, that's great advice. I think we all need to be real with ourselves and yeah. ask ourselves the hard hidden questions, not to anyone else, but in the mirror. Right. That's like the best we can do to actually get to the root of why exactly. we're feeling what we're feeling. Exactly, and then tell yourself how much you love yourself. Mm. We do not do that enough. We do not. Um, one of my goals for this year that I've been doing since January, was one of my New Year's resolutions, was every night when I'm brushing my teeth or doing my skincare or whatever, I say 10 things that I'm grateful for, mm. but, they have to be different every single day. So it starts out really simple and it'll you'll say things like, oh, I'm grateful for my parents, I'm grateful for my apartment, I'm grateful for my cat. But then you get really specific and you're like, I'm grateful for the fact that I have running water to brush my teeth. I'm grateful for the fact that I have a dryer that I can put a warm towel on my body. And I feel like that helps you develop that confidence because you realize how much value your life holds. Mm. I'm gonna try that. Try it. And not, not just saying that. I feel like it would be so hard to come up with new it's, things every it, day. It, it takes a long time. Like I'll sit there, sometimes I'll like have to like, you know, like think about it for the rest of the night as I'm like getting into bed and like putting on pajamas and stuff. And like, you're still like, I'm like, oh, fuck, I'm only on number six. I'm like, I gotta come up with four more. That's such it's a cool. good gratitude yeah. practice. I it love is. it. I it love is. it. I don't know if transgender athletes should be able to play on their gender sports teams. It doesn't feel fair biologically, but it also feels messed up to exclude people for their gender. I'm conflicted. That's a tough one. That, that is a tough question. I'm no scientist, but I can tell you this about being trans from my own personal experience. When you're on hormones for so long and doing that, you have the physical capability of the gender of which you are 
transitioning to. That topic comes up a lot on our platform. It's hard. I think it's it's a current event, right? Mm-hmm. We see it in the news with Leah Thomas and right. with you know Olympic athletes and how you have to get tested so you have certain hormone levels going in to right. compete. Right. It's a tough topic. It is a tough topic. And I think it's kind of sad that we're questioning those things and we're not questioning the things that really matter. Like mm-hmm. why is that being picked apart when you know there's so much more going on in the world that's so horrible? Yeah, I, there's a perspective that I heard on our platform lately that I personally don't think I agree with, but I'd love to get your take. It's that perspective that it's actually not fair for the women biologically competing Mm -hmm. because someone has that biological advantage and it's actually not advancing women in sport. Mm -hmm. What would you say to someone who had that perspective? Does it really matter? Mm -hmm. I would say, does it really matter to you? Are you the person who's competing alongside this person? And if you are, and if, you are competing alongside you know, a trans athlete, I would ask yourself, what has this person gone through in their life that has led them to be in this exact moment? Mm. Whether they are better than me physically, like will beat me in this race or whatever it is, because at the end of the day, like we're all humans. Like there is truly no biological advantage over one gender to the other. It's about muscle and um, whatever. I'm not a scientist, but. That's kind of like my take on it. I hear you. No, thank you for sharing that. I <laughs> yeah. think that that person who shared that probably either just doesn't know enough yeah. of someone's experience or, you know, you see what's in the news. And of course, it's of course. hard to know what to think. It is. But I'm glad you shared that. Amira, drop a hot take. Hmm. Like Shoot, you, you know ones. what? I was watching a TikTok that said that. I think it was, a, it might've been yours. And I was like, um, walking around my apartment, and I, I was like, oh, that's so good. This is like a couple months ago. And then I don't know what it, is, what it was. Hold on, let me think. Yeah, take some time. A hot take. Looks are everything. Mm. Looks are everything. That is, that is spicy. It's a spicy one. Wait, tell me more. Okay, when you're talking about confidence and you're talking about feeling your best and looking your best inside, internally, you have to replicate that on the outside. Mm. Saw this video of this girl who was talking about how she had such bad depression for a really long time. And one day she had a friend's birthday party that she was obligated to go to. And she she just put on makeup and got dressed and left her house and went to this birthday party. And she was like, for a minute, I actually felt really good. And I was like, that's that's the key. So she said she did that for the next 30 days. The rest of the month, she got up every single day and got dressed and put her makeup on and put her hair on and like made herself look beautiful. And she said her depression was like, you know, like it was getting better. Mm. I don't want to say it's going away, but that's what she said. But I do think that looks are everything because people perceive you in a certain way and you have the power to control how other people perceive you, which is mm. fabulous. And if you come off as a confident person through the way you dress, through the way you talk, the way your hair is done, I'm not saying it could be done in any, any sort of way. There's no right or wrong way to do any of those things. But if you exude that confidence and that love for your look physically, it replicates how you feel on the inside, which is mm. so cool. That's fascinating. Yeah. Do you feel like society has ingrained in us this idea that we need to be confident through our looks rather than from within? Um, yes, I do think that um, because of capitalism, I feel like it's just all about selling a product, right? It's like, yeah, buy this dress, it's cute. You'll look good in it and you'll be able to go to your birthday party. Um, but it's not, 
go to the store with your friends, go buy that dress, go sit at home, go get it tailored, go get so excited that you're going to get to wear this, mm. put it on, feel how beautiful the fabric feels on your skin. Like that type of love for like getting dressed and getting ready and putting on makeup and feeling your best, I think is lost in a lot of the marketing that we have today and a lot of the media today. For sure. Well, I've never heard someone say that hot take, so yeah. I can't wait to hear what people have to say. <laughs> Well, Amira, it has been an honor getting to hear more about your journey and all of the things that made you you. And so before you go, I have to know, if you had one message for our entire generation, what would it be? To just be kind. Again, be a good person. If you see someone on the street struggling, help them. If you see someone frowning, smile at them. I have seen so much on both sides of that spectrum and I have been on both sides of that spectrum. And it feels a lot better to be a good person than to be a bad person. So keep that in mind, Gen Z. Be kind. <laughs> be kind. Sometimes I wish it were that simple. It really is though. Like if you sit to yourself and you think about it and you're like, it really is that simple. All I have to do is be kind. Be kind to myself, be kind to others. It's that simple. For sure. And I agree. Yeah. It's just a matter of getting other people to see it that yes. way. Yes. So I think so much of what we talked about today hopefully will help other people hear and learn and understand your perspectives. And I'm so excited to watch your journey. Thank I feel you. like you're at the start of something huge Thank and you. I'm honored that you came on POVs. Thank you so much. Thanks for being here. Yay. Okay, I'm going to scoot over to you. I'm going to give you a hug. <laughs> Thank you so much. <sighs> you're amazing. Love How do you. you feel? I feel good. Do you feel like you talked about everything you want to talk about? Yeah. Anything you left out? I don't think so. Any other hot takes on your mind? I know. I feel good. I feel like that went really well. I feel your confidence. Like, yeah. I feel like it's like contagious. <laughs> it's like coming on TV. Thank you. People do say that a lot. You're someone who like doesn't have regrets. Nope. You're someone who doesn't like want to go back and do things differently. Nope. Like you are who you are. You're the best bitch in the room. I respect that Thank so you. much. Thank you. Let's take a selfie. We'll get the sign. Okay, ready? One, two, three.